This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I'm Adam Rippon, Olympic figure skater turned media superstar. And I'm Danielle Young. I'm a journalist, host, and all-around content queen. On our new show, Normalize This, we discuss whether or not ideas, trends, and behavior should be normalized in everyday society. Subscribe to Normalize This for new episodes every week. Available to listen on all popular podcast platforms. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Strap yourself in, because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. You are watching Lester Till I Die TV. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes!
Hello fellow Fox fans and good evening to you all. Um, how the devil are we? Well I hope. Um, bit of a strange one. It's Monday night this week for the preview show because tomorrow night when we would normally do the preview show we've got a little amount of this. Yes, we're hosting uh, the London boys, uh, Chelsea, tomorrow night, 8.15. And you are watching Leicester Till I Die TV. I'm saying nothing. I just love that. Um, the, the show, that is, before you say anything. This is Lester Till I Die. Good evening to you. Get your comments, get your views in, get your score predictions in. We want to hear uh, all from you and your thoughts on tomorrow night's game. You can catch us live on YouTube, Lester Till I Die TV, on Twitter and Periscope. Well, Periscope up till the end of March, and I believe it's all going over to Twitter. And we're at Leicester TID. And Facebook, of course, it's the Leicester Till I Die, the group. And if you want to catch us later on podcast and have a listen to us, then it's Leicester Till I Die on all the main uh, podcast platforms. That's uh, including Apple iTunes, Google, Spotify, and Anchor. Um Good evening to Facebook user here, under 23s, one up after 44 seconds. I'll take that tomorrow as well, you know. Uh, hey, Chris. Hey, Facebook user. How are you doing? And evening, everybody, again, to Facebook user. Look, if you're in the group, stick your name on the end. If you don't want to click onto the StreamYard link, and I can say a hello back to you uh, so we know who it is. How are we feeling about tomorrow? I don't know about you. Don't know about you, but I've got a funny feeling about this season because you remember 2015-16. Of course you do. <laughs> Who doesn't? And every week I sat there and thought, hmm, we're going to lose this one. Yeah, we're not going to beat them. We're not going to win them. We're going to lose. We're gonna... And yet, all right, Liverpool, but Man City, Man United, uh, Tottenham, we're not losing. And I don't want to risk anything by saying that, but we're not. It's as simple as that. Um, yeah, maybe that. Maybe I'm getting old and uh, it's just water problems, not a feeling in the water, but I am having those feelings. Before we go any further and before we bring my chat chum Craig in for this evening, uh, of course, tomorrow night's game, just to uh, let you know, it's a bit of a weird time kickoff. It's 8.15 and it's on Sky Sports if you have that platform. And, of course, we're hosting at the King Power. So 8.15 tomorrow on Sky. And you know what that means if it's on Sky. Let's just go over and see what's happening uh, in advance in the Sky Studios. Good evening, Craig. <laughs> Chris, well, well, I mean, what can I say? Checking possible bullshit, and, and then <laughs> you, you cut back to me. <laughs> that was purely coincidental. <laughs> I don't think so. 
<laughs> I have a feeling we could be. Um, I'm not even going to watch the pre, you know, the pre-match tomorrow on Sky because I, I know it just won't be about Leicester till about two minutes before kickoff. No, I'm sure that I'm sure there's other teams that will be playing or at least playing within four or five days of us. So they'll they'll probably they'll probably be at their grounds. To be honest, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's just ridiculous. But you know, I'm quite happy if we're uh, under the radar and long may it stay that way. Indeed, indeed. We were for a long time, like I say, going back to uh, 1560. But let me give you, I haven't really, and I feel a bit bad now because, of, you know, maybe that was a bit of a bad greeting that I gave you there. Maybe <laughs> I should give you a, a proper greeting. Here we go. <laughs> Have I redeemed myself? <laughs> Yes, thank you very much. Thank you. It's, um, I mean, it was great. It was great for him to to do that. We we all know that he loves the um, he loves the camera. So uh, who better to score the first goal and uh, and get the opportunity to um, to do that little performance for us? And I think it showed up one or two other clubs, shall we say? Definitely. I mean, uh, I think everybody else was doing it the normal way. I know um, I've got somebody uh, uh, who I think is going to tune in tonight for the first time and um, uh, a Spurs fan. And um, so I, I, I did mention that, that while they were waiting to come in, maybe they, they could uh, Google the last time they won anything. So they're probably there still sort of searching through, <laughs> um, well, through the history. they coming just... Just as we're finishing, <laughs> but let's just go through the comments. Just see, it, it, they may well be in. Good evening to Max Pickering. How the devil are you, sir? Thank you for joining us there on Facebook. And that's what happens if you click on the link. Max will probably tell you it doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to download anything. It just brings up your details, so we can say hello, hello, Max. Um, Facebook user here. I feel that both Madders and Barnes have really impressed last few games. Could cause Chelsea some issues. 3-1 Leicester. Um, we're in top form right now. 2-1 uh, City tomorrow. Uh, Defo in form. Great to watch at the moment. Bit of a, a bit of a war of attrition at the weekend, but you know, like you say, you take you take the two the, the two points. Showing my age there, the three points. Three-one <laughs> City. Um, only thing I'll bring up. Is the fifteen sixteen season <laughs> probably no sky? Did you get that mm. feeling, or is it just me, Craig? Um, it's probably not just you, Chris, but I, I, I'm probably uh, a little bit more um, on the fence, shall we say? Um, just because I know, you know, that it very much depends which Leicester City turns up, and I know that's with most teams at the minute. At the moment. You know the, the the good Leicester City, as it were, is turning up, and um, and we're getting our players back, which I think obviously helps. You know that we can afford to take Fafan off if he if he feels a little twinge, or uh, or uh, JJ and Castagna give them a rest with, with Ricky coming back. That was great to see him warming up at the weekend as well as part of the squad. So I don't think it's misplaced optimism. Um, I think as as it stands at the minute, I think I'd be I'd, I'd take a top four. Um, mm. I think going all the way maybe a little bit uh, of a push for us at the minute. We're, we're still pretty much a, a team uh, in transition of, of being built, you know, and maybe it's uh, it's next year that's our time. 
may well be. I can say it's just the fact that, you know, like I say, we are holding our own against those bigger teams because mm-hmm. during that 15, 16 season, I mean, every week I'm thinking this is Leicester. We're going to mess it up. We're going to, and I, you could say we, we've we've had a little bit of a mess up with the West Ham and Fulham games, but um, yeah. you know, three or four weeks ago, would you have said Man United would have been top of the table? Uh, definitely not. And I was uh, I was listening to a work colleague of mine who was Ollie out has been Ollie out for a long time, to be fair, and uh, even now I'm not sure he's convinced. Uh, um, I, I don't know what he's got to do to convince anybody at the minute, but uh, you, know, you can only, you know, if you're top of the table, then you must be doing something right. Um, exactly. um, but I think I think the game of the uh, the game of the weekend was a, a prime example. I think uh, in past weeks, um, definitely past seasons, we probably wouldn't have come out that of that with a with a two 0 victory. We we didn't play as well as we have been. The free flowing football wasn't necessarily there, but I think that was. Uh, as much of uh, benefit of, of Southampton, and I think they closed mm. us down really well. But we hung in there. We didn't give away too many uh, silly chances, uh, and we came through and, and we could have had more goals in, at the end of it. So um, definitely more solidity in the team. I think. I think had Vardy had his shooting boots on, and I said this with Brad in the mm. uh, in the post match. We know we could have been not necessarily another nine nil, but we could have been looking at four or five nil. Had he managed to sort of get on the end of some of those but I don't know about you I noticed I didn't think the pitch was in in good condition did you notice that at all yeah definitely it was funny because I was watching um I think it was Brighton and Leeds earlier in the day and um and the Brighton pitch didn't look in good in good nick at all and um I'd heard you know they were talking about it's uh the amount of cold weather and rain and frost or whatever but you know we've all had it, it the Brighton pitch looked like they'd let the grass grow a little bit too long but yeah ours didn't look too great and it, it usually has done so I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on there it'd be nice maybe uh, somebody can ask uh, the groundsman at the, at the club yeah. as to what the issues are at the minute because we do need a decent service surface to play our football exactly because that 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 wasn't you know i i noticed that the you know the passes weren't quite coming off and when they were doing close up it did seem to be a bit long and i think in this day and age maybe we've come to expect a lot of our groundsmen but you know i think we do expect uh, you know the, the snooker table effect these days don't we we do i mean there was definitely a lot of passes that were uh, were dropping short and there was a couple that that um that we, we could have been through and even the one for the for the last goal the Barnes goal was was holding up a little bit and he did well to, yeah. to take it in the end but uh yes yeah, so I'm not sure um hopefully they can sort that out otherwise you know we we have to obviously uh, adapt our game so just um Facebook user asking should be interesting to see what sort of reception Chilwell receives I think it might be a quiet one don't you Craig <laughs> I think so, unless there's a uh, planning for um, a lot of people to go down to the ground and start booing with loud hailers. I'm not sure we'll hear anything, but um, uh, yeah, the, no, at the end, of it, yeah, I'm not a big one for 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 booing players. You know, if they've done a good job for us, I'm not a big one for booing players anyway. You know, people have their reasons for moving on. Um, uh, you know, as, as the managers, although you know, we know that the likes of Mark McGee did deserve every uh, everything he got. Um, yeah. But you know, Chilwell did okay for us, and he's and he's gone on. And what he's done, he's allowed us to bring in arguably better players. So you know, we can't knock yeah. him for that. 
No, and I've got to be honest with you. I and I, and I was saying this last night with the with the uh, Alex, the Chelsea fan on the Opposition View show. He was a diva. You know, some players are you love them or you hate them. The, the Marmite, and I never understood it with Chilwell because I never really understood what he did wrong. He was good enough to be the England left back. He he got mm. goals for us. He, he he wasn't a bad crosser of the ball. He, he got plenty of assists. But some people just seem to pick on players. I think I think. For Chilwell, Chilwell was almost like um, the Leicester City effect, but in a single player, in that the expectations have risen so high of him mm. as a player, as they are now of us as a club, that when they drop, fans get on their back. Like, you know, we yeah. have two or three defeats, fans will get on the club's back. Same way Chilwell's performances hadn't quite reached the heights that he had in the past, so fans got on his back. And I think as a local player, in many ways, you often... You know, you, you, you get treated with more respect because people like one of the, the, the your own coming through. But then yeah. that disappointment of when the, the form drops off uh, is probably a bit amplified as well. And I've got to be honest with you, I can't say too much with my, my vocal criticism of, um, of Inacho. That said, <laughs> that said... <laughs> Um, would if I was allowed into the crowd, into the ground, I, I I don't believe in sort of booing when they're actually on the pitch. If I'm if I'm if I'm honest with you, um, groundsmen haven't got time now looking after all the pitches and golf course at training ground. <laughs> this is very true. This is very true. Right, so we've got Chelsea tomorrow, right? We say. Um, Let's just have a look at our our history here, as we always do. Uh, it's not brilliant. 117 times we've played, 34 of those were draws. Um, we've only got 26 wins against us, and they've got 57. They are, in fact, they've got a bit of the devil sign over us, haven't they? I think they. I think they have. I mean, we know for many years they were a, a much bigger club. Uh, going back into into our heyday as well in the 70s yeah. they were a massive club dipped a little thing a bit i think in the in the 80s and early 90s but um since the abramovich money has come in they've been consistent top six top four clubs so it's no surprise um that they've got us it'll be interesting and i'm sure you've probably got the premier league record um, um to pull up as well Chris. going to click on it there 28 times we've met in the premier league uh, nine draws 14 for Chelsea, five for us. Hmm. Could we could change this time, though? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I would imagine, um, for once, a lot of people are going to be saying that we're favourites going into this game, which you, you wouldn't have thought so uh, in seasons gone past. Um, Chelsea have been going through a little bit of a dip. They've had a, a couple of decent results where they're, they're starting to turn the corner it seems but they're definitely not the the free-flowing side that they were earlier in the season yeah. they're signing they've spent a lot of money in there and their signings mm. at present haven't really worked out um there's a hell of a lot of money sitting on the bench um but you know on their on their day they have a great team full of great players and, and can turn it on something's not quite right there at the minute and uh, hopefully we can take advantage of that uh, tomorrow night we, we have got a bit of a history of getting rid of Chelsea managers for them, haven't we? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What what amazing, and I brought this up again last night, is last season Chelsea had the transfer embargo, had to play the young players, 
we're doing better than they are this season. We're out and spend 250-odd million in, in the summer, and now they are struggling. You know, money money doesn't buy you success, does it? It doesn't, and unless, you know, you're, you're spending a lot of money and you're bringing in uh, Mbappe or somebody like that. Yeah. I think what yeah. their problem has been is, uh, to a greater extent, uh, similar problems to the likes of Fulham last time they got promoted. You bring in a lot of players at once and you try and integrate them. Yeah. And, it, and it's really difficult to do so. You know, you, you feel like you have to justify the money you've spent and so you put them all out on the pitch um, and it doesn't really work. And then you've got all those young players that you publicly came out and said you had faith in and were getting a great tune out of them who are now sort of sidelined. So the manager's lost a little bit of their confidence as well. But he, he, I think he's slowly starting to, to put a team back together that he's comfortable with and realises that it's going to have to take time to, to integrate some of these players. To be honest... I think Werner will end up going back to Germany in the in the close season. I think they'll they'll see the season out and send him back and try and get someone else. And uh, they may persist a little bit more with Havertz because they have more cover there. But I think I'm not sure Werner's um, really working for them. It's quite funny because and this is what I love. This is this is this sums football up and this sums football fans up. Is that I do two opposition views. One, which is the sort of thing we do here uh, on, on the opposition view on the TV show, and I do on the website lestertillidie.com forward slash opposition view. Um, I do a similar sort of thing on the website, a written one, and quite often they do this. Well, if I can get them, different people doing that, and one of them called Werner the team's donkey. Wanted. <laughs> wasn't keen on him because he, he couldn't score. And yet the guy I spoke to on the TV last night absolutely loved him. But well, that's football for you, isn't it? That's yeah. uh, perfect, isn't it? it? It is. just shows you the uh, the polar effects that a player can have. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly got yeah. talent. He did he did really well in uh, in Germany. He scored a lot of goals. But, you know, I think, I think a lot of players struggle when they come to the Premier League. They realise that you don't have the time that you you had maybe abroad uh, in certain other leagues and if you're playing for a top team um, then you're getting chance after chance after chance you don't get that, that over here so that sort of builds and next time he gets one I mean he had one right at the end of the game uh, at the weekend and uh, anyway, I mean it's one of those where a confident player would have took to away very similar to the, the the chance Harvey Barnes had at the end of the game yeah. who'd have thought that Harvey Barnes was going to be the better finisher out of him and Werner um, but that, that well, just shows you confidence. Not, not, not a Leicester fan, you know? no. <laughs> but, but Barnes uh, is playing with confidence, and Werner isn't. So, yes, and I think as well. I mean, we we've been quite lucky in the fact that we've had two of we've we only made three signings, which was a quality rather than quantity um, strategy, obviously. Both of ours, Castagna and Fafana, dropped in and looked like they'd been playing there for, for a couple of seasons. But it can take foreign players, when you bring them in, a season or so to, to finish. Uh, uh, to, to, sorry, a season or so to finish. A season or so to, to settle in and get used to the Premier League. Would, and I'll ask this to you now then, would um, Soyuncho have been the player we'd got now? And we suppose we don't know, but had we started in the season before and he hadn't had that season... Bedding in. Well, 
yeah, who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe not. I mean, he looked like somebody. I, I mean, I would say probably if I had to err on one side, I'd say probably not because in, in those mm. early weeks, particularly in uh, close season friendlies, he was very rash. Um, mm. He was throwing himself into challenges and uh, he, he wouldn't have been long before he'd have got a suspension. So I think because we had the players that we had, um, we had that opportunity to sort of bed him in and uh, and it worked that way. And we, we've seen it with other players. Um, I mean, even Kante. Kante couldn't hold down uh, a place in the team at the start of the uh, the league winning season. You know, it took him a few games to come in. We've seen others, you know, Gokken Inler came as a, with a fantastic yeah. reputation, but couldn't get to the pace of the game. Um, so it's really difficult. As we said, and we said it on uh, on. on uh, the pre uh, the transfer show I think I mentioned it uh, and you marked it um, every signing is a gamble these days so you yeah. do as much due diligence as, as you can and sign the cheque and cross your fingers fingers exactly exactly it was tight last season yet we lost them in the cup 1-0 wasn't you know the, the best of games but two draws last season uh, which shows how in fact I think Chilwell scored for us in one of those, didn't he? Um, yeah. It shows how, how how tight it was last season, and I think it shows um, the growth of the club, the consistency that we're now getting. That uh, you know we are where we are. We are mixing with these teams, and uh, we're not getting overturned on a regular basis. Yes, there's still a couple of teams who seem to have the the hex over us, um, Liverpool, for instance. But the teams like Chelsea, we're uh, we're matching up to them now, and and you don't go into these games um, thinking that you, you know you're going to get a, a good hiding anymore. You know mm. we go into hoping for at least a point, and thinking that we've got every chance of getting getting three. So I think we're 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 just a slowly improving team, and uh, and and I think you know barring any sort of collapse, which I can't see because we've got a foot team at the moment um we, we should go deep into uh, into the season i think and it could be very exciting for us i think yeah if we were going to have the blip this season like we had last season it would have come when we had all the players out and you know when i looked at that bench against southampton that could have been a team on its own i think so and i think the good is that because we've got that strength in depth I think we now have the players to grind out a result if we need mm. to. So, for instance, if Vardy um, was touchwood um, injured for a while, whilst we may not have a like-for-like -like replacement, and we know that there's not a lot of, of uh, faith in the players who may come in and, and take his place in Acho or Perez, we have enough strength in depth in midfield and defence to be able to stay solid in games and eke out a one nil where we have to, or whatever. So, I think I think we're much in, in a much stronger position than we were last season. Yeah, and looking at the form guide leading up to tomorrow, we're in a lot stronger position. Uh, the last five games there, we've we've not lost. Which and this is this is league games, by the way. Uh, one yeah. three drawing two, um, and Chelsea have only managed to win the two, and one of those was Fulham. Although we shouldn't decry that after what we managed against Fulham, or mm. but they managed to beat West Ham. But they've lost to Arsenal, they've lost to Man City. They could only draw with Villa. Like we said, not good form. No, 
Oh, it's very up and down, isn't it? And uh, and they seem to be struggling to to score. You know, we're we're not. You know, we're creating more chances, which is which is always a good sign. You know, we're we're not finishing them, uh, which is a little bit of a concern. But we are making chances. And I, I think I had a conversation yesterday uh, about that. That you always think that we have a chance in games because we have the creativity um, across the, the the team to create chances. So you're always confident that we'll get something. Chelsea's a little bit. Um, Interesting at the minute because when you look at it on paper, you know they have some fantastic players. You know if they play with the two wingers, you've got Zayek on one side and uh, Pulisic on the other, and uh, whoever they decide to play up front. But they're two fantastic wingers. Behind them, you've got Mason Mount who has started to get in the goals again. He hasn't scored many this season, but he has. And and there's an array of talent there. So I think it's going to be a really, really tight game. I think it'll be similar in many ways to the Southampton game. Uh, I think Frank will send them out, um, sort of wind them up and, and get them to close us down pretty quick. But we just, again, you know, we, we're not the greatest of starters. So we yeah. just need to hang into games for the first 15, 20 minutes and then try and impose ourselves. But we've not, this was a stat that I picked up off the TV. When we've gone ahead this season, we've never actually lost. So mm. fingers crossed for, for for the early goal. I mean, we've dropped down. Um, uh, that didn't work. We've dropped down a place uh, after Man City's win last night. Um, we're third, but Chelsea down there in seventh. Uh, there's rumours. I mean, they're, they're, they're sort of twenty nine points. They they're, they're sort of six points off off us in third place. Um, there is rumours about uh, about Frank's job, isn't there? There is. Um, I think he's he's probably got himself a stay of execution with the last couple of uh, results that they've got. Having said that, you know, if we beat them and that's a nine point gap, you know, and we're we're third, uh, it's all about for them. I I think realistically, they probably didn't think they were going to win the league this year, mm. but I think with the amount of investment they've made. They need top four. They've got to start recouping some of that money and having a, you know, something to a return on the investment. And we know that um, Abramovich isn't a man who uh, works on sentiment. Um, And I don't know. I mean, whether whether it's helped with the fans not being there um, for Frank Mm. or not, I'm not sure. But I think that they need to be getting back up into that top four in the next three or four games. Otherwise, I think he'll, he'll be really under pressure. And as I say, mm-hmm. a win for us, I mean, uh, the gap could be three, six or nine by the end of uh, yeah. tomorrow night. And uh, if it's nine, then I think there'll be a few alarm bells ringing. Yeah. Let's go and have a look. We're just going to take a quick 10-second break and we'll have a look then just at a few comments that people are making. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chumps. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Now available on Spotify. Not sure if that worked at your end. It didn't at mine, but uh, but fingers crossed. Um, I work Rob, beautifully. Yeah, Rob, you might um, you might be having a drink. Yeah, Rob, Chelsea's a small narrow pitch. It may well do, and it may well help us in the return match. But this one, this one's at the KP tomorrow, <laughs> mate. So, uh, <laughs> put put the sherry down, Rob. It's too early. It's too early. Uh, good evening to to Mr. and Mrs. Ahern. How the devil are you, Brett? And hope your wife is good. Um, 
And uh, Tony, good evening, Tony. Be good if we can win tomorrow and go nine points clear of Chelsea. It it would be. It would be. Um, I feel. I can say. Do you feel confident tomorrow about tomorrow, uh, Craig? You know, um, I think I do. I think I do. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, it's almost like um, you want to be confident, but then that being a Leicester City fan races around your body and your blood, and you just think, "Now nah, we'll blow it." Um, so I, th I think so. You know, if we if we both play to our uh, ability, and this is a weird thing to say, isn't it? If we both play to the best of our abilities, I think we'll win. You know, it's a long time since we've been able to say that against a team like Chelsea with all their talent. So yeah. I, I am pretty confident that we're going to eke a result out tomorrow. Somebody was asking earlier, and we'll come on to it in a second, whether Vardy will be fit. But I was looking before we came on tonight. Uh, Pratt, we know obviously he's out for three months and to be fair, we probably won't see him back this season uh, unless it's maybe sort of a couple of dead rubbers at the end of the season. Mendy's out with a neck issue, uh, probably looking down right. the table at Chelsea. <laughs> Strained it. Um, Ricardo apparently could feature, but I haven't heard anything about Vardy. I think I, I saw something. Um, I think it was, I think it was yesterday, um, saying that he he thinks he'll be fit. It was more. Uh, um, about his hip. It wasn't a, a groin strain or a hamstring or anything. He was just feeling his hip a little bit. Um, it was probably while he was uh, standing in the in the cold waiting for Perez to uh, square that ball to him. Um, <laughs> but I think I, I think he'll be I think he'll be all right and I think he'll play him. Um, I think it was precautionary to take him off. So from from what Brendan said, you know, again whether he's trying to throw a curved one at Frank, but. Uh, uh, I'm not sure, but I, I expect him to play tomorrow. I was a bit concerned with Castagna because he looked like he, he'd pulled up with with a bit of a, a muscle mm. problem, uh, especially we said with Ricardo warming up, but he, he carried on, um, which mm. leads us very nicely into uh, the point you get to uh, change your shoes and you're going to give us what you think. And this is probably becoming easier and easier every week for you, but... Putting Brendan's shoes on, what do you think he may go for lineup and formation? It's, it's, it is a quick turnaround, so would yeah. he be making changes? I think when you say it's becoming easier for me, I think it's probably becoming easier for Brendan as well because the, um, the performances and the formation seems to be working. I don't think anybody's really running through um, uh, a... a, a a, a poor run of form, to be honest. Yeah. So I think it's little tweaks um, just to keep uh, everybody fit and protect uh, protect some. I think there'll be, personally, I think there'll be one change uh, from the okay. team that started. Um, so I'm going to go with, uh, obviously, I'm going to stick with the 4-1-4-1, which seems to be working pretty well for us. And, and it, we seem to be fluid, you know. There's times where you could see that um, Brendan was telling Madison to, get further forward and almost play alongside Vardy at times. And uh, obviously the more he's a more dangerous player when he's getting in those positions as was, was we saw with the goal, you know, it was a, a great role and, and yeah. finish from him. So if we can get uh, him further forward, that's great. But obviously uh Casper in goal, uh, full-backs is, is it for his 401st or his 402nd? Well, who knows? I mean, 
uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure the TV uh, know much more than the actual club themselves. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where all that was coming from. But I, I think it's the charity um, league. So Casper Charity League, do they? As the as one yeah, of the games. I, I don't get it. Yeah, which which no, to, for me it was a game. You know, and, and it mm. should be counted. You know, there is a trophy uh, at the end yeah. of it, and uh, I think. I can't remember who it was. Somebody was making a big deal about winning four trophies and uh, and that being one of them. So, so yeah. I mean, it's got to be a competitive game, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, anyway, Casper for his 400th and something uh, <laughs> appearance. Yes. Um, I, I don't think he'll start Pereira. I think he, he'll ease him in. Um, so, I think it'll be Castagna and JJ as the full-backs. The change I think there will be will be at centre half, and I think he'll play. I think he'll pair Evans and Soyuncu. Um, yeah. I think you know he took for Farner off. Uh, not sure why. Whether he was feeling a little bit of a twinge, but Soyuncu looked you know straight into action, didn't he? I think he won a, a towering header straight yeah. away. And, you know, let's let's not forget. You know, footballers are competitive beasts. He's not going to want to uh, be giving up his. Is uh, is placed that easy? So, I think he'll go with Soyuncu, and I think possibly Fafana will come back in for for the cup match. It'd be interesting on the cup match to see what he does. I'm not getting ahead of myself because I know we'll do a, a preview of that um, later in the week. But as to whether he tinkers a little bit with testing formations out uh, of pairings of players in that cup game. So anyway, so JJ Castagna, Evans, and I'm going to go for Soyuncu as the back four. Which and I think then, uh, is right as well, because I think for Farner, he didn't expect to play as many games as he has done. And he's virtually no. played every single game. I think the guy deserves a rest. I mean, it, it. I don't know if you're watching it on BT or, or, or another stream at all, but I think the BT guys sort of found out that Roger said it was tactical. He was also on yeah. one... He was on the yellow card as well, which is always yeah. a worry when it's early in the game. But no, I think yeah. I think I think the, the guy deserves a break. And Soyuncu looked like he'd never been away. Yeah, he did. He did. So uh, yeah, I think for all those reasons, I think it makes sense that um, that Soyuncu uh, comes back in for this one. Um, then indeed, who I thought had a great game. He he would personally, he was my man of the match. Um, uh, particularly in that early period where we weren't playing that that well, I thought indeed he covered so much ground and won the ball back so many times. Um, it, it was just phenomenal. Um, and then in front of them, the same back, uh, the, the same midfield four: Albrighton, Telemans, Madison, and Barnes for me. And then Vardy up front. If Vardy doesn't make it, I'm not sure who he'll go for. I think he will possibly go for Perez rather than Iheanacho. But I'm, I'm hopeful that Vardy will make that. Yeah, and he always we've got this thing. He always does well against the top six teams because because uh, of the way they play, they tend to sort of give us more more space yeah. at the back. So um, mm -hmm. uh, I think if even if like you say, even if Vardy maybe doesn't start, he's, he's going to make an appearance at some point during the game. I'm sure. Oh. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. You know, he's uh, he, he causes a problem for defenders, doesn't he? Even uh, even yeah. if he comes on late with them tiring a little bit, maybe as well. And and it forces them, it forces an opposition to change their game. If they if they're pushing up, then they'll have to drop back a little bit more. So it makes the opposition think a little bit more when Vardy is on the pitch. Yeah. 
And I think as well, what I'm liking at the moment is like we said before, I mean, that that's, is virtually, apart from Fafana, the team that you'd picked last week and the formation that you'd picked last week. And I mean, again, when, when we had the season of the Great Escape and Nigel Pearson, you literally, when we won the championship under Nigel Pearson, you could have predicted what the team was going to be five or six weeks in advance of the game because it was literally yeah. the same information, the fame. So when he came up into the Premier League, suddenly he was changing it every game. And you sort of have a, he, he was kind of not worried about our strengths, was more worried about the opposition. And I know you've got to worry about the opposition, but the, it wasn't the same team or formation it felt like two games running. And I'm loving the fact that we, we know doing this obviously is going to be good for the team. I think I think Brendan was probably guilty of that earlier in the season. He was tweaking it a little bit much. We were we had a back five, we had a, a mm. back uh, a back four. He wasn't sure. He was he was bringing different players in and out. And I don't think there's it's any surprise in the fact that since we've got a a solid shape to us and 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 the, the players know what they're doing, they know what their role is within that shape. That our results have become much more consistent, um, mm. or, or the performances, shall we say, not necessarily we always get the results. That we that, that we want, but the performance is definitely more consistent. People start to to know each other's runs off the ball, and I think if you look back at any any team who's successful, it's usually a team that doesn't have to make that many changes. I mean, Man City this year had a slow start, and, and again, Pep was changing it around quite a lot. Liverpool have had to do that recently, and he doesn't seem to know his best team anymore. Um, Man United have gone to a pretty much settled side. He tweaks it a little bit, but again, their performances have picked up. So, yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's a great place to be with a settled uh, a settled shape and a, and a settled team. And I'd be disappointed if he started tinkering, to be honest. I think he knows as well what players he's got available now. At the start of the season, everybody was going yeah. down and getting injured uh, and trying it round. Mm. But yeah, certainly. I, I can't argue with that. And like I say, the big plus for me this season, and, and there's so many pluses in that team, JJ, Castagna, Fafana, they're all pluses. But for me, Albrighton is probably the biggest plus because I didn't expect him to have this sort of impact on the team for so many games so far into the season and still be there. No, the, the guy's doing great. And, and, you know, we see that Brendan's coming out and singing his praises. Um, he's getting a lot of attention. Um, he's probably getting more... He's probably second only to JJ, I think, in terms of the amount of attention he's getting because it's it's, uh, it's almost like this Lazarus uh, risen from the dead that Albright has done. And, and within this shape, I think it works. You know, he's not being asked to fulfil a, a, a wing-back role, which means he's got to get forward. He's got that defensive mindset as well, yeah. Yeah. but he can also yeah. pick out a pass. So I think in this formation, I think he suits us down to the ground. And uh, and I think he's a, he's a clever player as well. He's been around a long time. Um, so he, he is a regular 7 out of 10, isn't he? Um, I, think he I don't think he had his... Get, to be honest, at the weekend... Mm. Uh, I think he started slowly, but then most of most of the players did. But he, he definitely grew into the game. So, no, he, he's done really, really, really well. Yeah, as Brett says there, Albrighton doing fantastic, considering Brendan didn't fancy him a year ago. Rob makes this very good point, and I would, and I have been shouting for under all season, but there's 
like I say, I, I'm a great believer in if it's not broken, don't fix it. And mm -hmm. as long as Albright is playing, like I said, as good and give him credit he's doing, it does mean unders not when they get the chance. Maybe it will be different when we if we go further in the cup and maybe once Europe starts again. Yeah, I think so. I think with the cup games and uh, I think uh, Europa League starts in February or is it March? I'm not yeah, sure. February, but um, Yeah, I think he'll, he'll probably get more pitch time and he'll probably give him more pitch time just to help him make his decision um, because as mm -hmm. it stands, I would imagine that he's pretty much a backup and uh, they're probably looking at uh, different players because it, it depends now what, what Brendan wants because... That position, you know, I don't think he can afford almost to have two Barnes. Now, Barnes is a little bit lacking in his defensive work. I don't think he reads the game that well. And I think if you have that on both sides, when you, you've got fullbacks who want to push on, then you, you could find yourself in trouble. So I would imagine he's looking more for an all-Brighton replacement than uh, another out-and-out -out winger, which he's got in under. But, you know, whether he's, whether he's worth the money... That we're going to have to pay for him, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah. but yeah, he's he's not getting the opportunity, you know. Which is you know, it's disappointing because when he has come on, he's he looked like he's definitely got some skills, but uh, he's just not getting enough minutes on the pitch at the minute. This is it. It just it's the way it works out sometimes. I mean, like Brett is basically saying what we were saying there. Come February, it might be different, but you know. <laughs> Cramrich had Vardy not come through when he did, we might still have Cramrich playing for us. You, you just don't know when you take these players who's going to come through. And we've got a great um, batch of youngsters as well out on loan with the likes of Hall, uh, Dewsbury Hall. We've got Thomas who's sort of in, in the squad. So it bodes well. But rather than now looking forward, let's go back and we'll have a look at... A a classic match, which we always do, and you were saying before that there wasn't many classic matches between these two in in Leicester. No, I think I think the, the better games have probably been away from home. Um, you know, there's not not been that many, but maybe that's because you know when you look back and you showed the record, um, they're not mm -hmm. they don't stick in the mind because there's not been that many wins to be honest. Um, yeah. So I think uh, I'm, I'm not going to go back too far. I mean, I'm going to go back to a game that uh, I'm sure most Leicester City fans can remember. And it was the one that ended up getting Mourinho the sack, going back to the, the 14th of December 2015 in the year that we uh, we won the title and the, and the great victory, the 2-1 victory over Chelsea. And uh, I picked that one because it, it was one of those games again where it really started to give you the belief that we were in a place that we deserve to be in. You know, we would have gone into that game, I'm sure, against Chelsea thinking, geez, you know, this is going to be a real test for us. Yes, we're we're playing well, but other teams are dropping off and not playing so well. But Chelsea, you know, and Chelsea had a, had a poor season that season. I think when we played them, they were mm -hmm. down in 15th or 16th place, only just outside the, the, um, the relegation. But when I look at the team that they had there, you know, Hazard played, you know, they had three Brazilians throughout the middle, uh, Oscar, Ramirez and, and William, Diego Costa up front. You know, it was still a strong team. But we, we we played really well that night. And I think most people remember it for the goal that's still shown a lot when people are talking about Mares and, uh, uh, and that great one where he seemed to 
turn Aspilicueta inside out and then curl it into the top corner with his left foot. Um, just a fantastic goal. It was it was just typical Mares that season, you know, and uh, one of those uh, goals that you just think, yeah, you know, if you if you have to have to show a, a show reel of Mares goals, then that will always be in there because it was just yeah, uh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to know. Can you remember um, who scored our other goal that night, um, Chris? Obviously, it's not. You know, you know, I'm useless at these questions. So, if any, if anybody's watching, don't Google it for a bit of fun. If you can say who scored the second goal against Chelsea when we got Mourinho sacked, I'm guessing it wasn't Vardy because you wouldn't be asking me if it was Vardy. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll disregard Vardy. I want to say drink water, but I know he, he, he got the one in the, in the game at the end of the season in, in the draw. Um, uh, do, 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 do. um, was it, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here and be completely wrong. It wasn't County, was it? Correct. It wasn't cancer. No, <laughs> you do that every time. Yeah, you know, I can, I can, I can do this. You know, bye, mate. See you later. <laughs> oh, the audience is applauding there. <laughs> um, I, I, I am. Well, you, you just go through the team, don't you? Drink water. Um, uh, you, Joa. Um, I, I can't. I, I can't think. We'll, we'll give everybody a couple of minutes just to see if they can come up with who got the second goal. Uh, 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 sorry, you've got Leicester's other goal apart from Mares in the two-one win at the King Power in the Championship winning season on the fourth of December two thousand and fifteen. I was got it right. 14th. Sorry, the fourteenth of December two thousand and fifteen. I was right in the fact that it wasn't Canty, but um, yeah. who? Who was it? But, um, right. So the other, the other little side question. Hang on, yeah. I've, I've got another little side question for you because I think it's really interesting to show how football has become a global game. You know, and you, you know, you only have to go back into the sort of nineties, I guess, um, to think that the, the majority of teams were, and particularly Leicester, because we didn't have a lot of money, was probably made up of, of British players. But out of the eighteen in our squad that night, um, how many different nationalities do you think were represented out of the 18 players? Well, first of all, can I go back and guess Andy King for the goal scorer? You can guess Andy King because he I was on the bench. Uh, you'd be wrong uh. again, but you can guess him. <laughs> uh, how many different nationalities in a team of 11? Um, uh, so, including the bench, so the 18, oh, the, the, the starting and the bench, 18 players. How many different nationalities did we have? 10? 14. No, wow. Four, 14. 14 different nationalities were represented in that Leicester City squad because you had the likes of um, uh, Ben Luan was on the Bench, Gokkenenler was on the bench, um, Schwarzer was on the bench. So, yeah, I mean, it's astonishing yeah. when I looked at that. Oh, geez, you know, Okazaki is yeah. in there. So, yeah, 14 different nationalities out of a squad of 18. 
And we used to uh, we used to take the uh, rye out of Arsenal when they fielded a total starting eleven with no English player in, didn't we? Brett um, has got it wrong here because we, we said it wasn't Vardy because that would have been too easy. I don't know who this person is because they haven't put their name on, but I have a feeling actually he might be right. Um, <laughs> he got the number wrong because he went for fourteen. Uh, different. Oh no, you said fourteen nationalities, didn't you? So he's got that right as well. Was it Slomani? I'm going to put you out of your misery, Chris. And have you ever ever heard of something called a double bluff? Um, because it was Vardy. Oh, you've never given an easy one like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to trust your instinct, Chris. Well done, Brett. I, I'm gonna, well done, Brett. I tell you what, I, I, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a new presenter. I'm going to do what Sky Sports did. I'm going to have a clear out. I'm going to get a new, <laughs> a new presenter on. You know, you, 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 I, I used to like you, Greg. I did. I used to like you. You've never given me an easy one like that before, right? I shall, uh, I shall have to. I'll have to start coming up with questions for you about these games, shouldn't I? As well. Yeah, I have um, to keep you on your toes, Chris. You do, you do. But uh, let's have a look. We always, again, we always have a, have a bit of fun with the, the foot in both camps. And I've just gone for four mm. this week. Uh, and there's the, almost the good, the bad, and the ugly in there. In the <laughs> you got uh, Chilwell, of course, and Ranieri. How could you not uh, think that Ranieri? Obviously, know that Ranieri was at both. Dennis Wise. Ah, and the big surprise. I'm stuck on there. Andy King was a Chelsea player mm. for a while. He was in their youth team, wasn't he? He was a youth player at mm. Chelsea, and we uh, I think he got released, and we we picked him up uh, yes. um, from there. And then, you know, uh, a stalwart of, of the club for for his career, really. And, uh, I mean, he's won all those trophies with us. I think he's, is he still the only player who's won three different divisional trophies um, with, with the same club? Yeah, um, and obviously, what one that you've not got on there, I know you can't mention any, any is uh, our old favourite of Alan Birchinell, who yeah. was a, a yeah. healthy player for many, many years as well. Yeah. And hopefully he's yeah. doing all right. We don't see much of him. Uh, it'd be nice to uh, to see him get some airtime on the, on the box on one of these days, to be honest. Yes, yeah. Uh, I did, in fairness, invite him on one of these, but because he actually is employed by the club... Um, He's got to be careful where he goes and what he does, you know. Yeah, as Brett said, there muzzy is it. There's, there's, a, there's a lot there that do both, uh, and I can I say I can't can't go with, with every one. But uh, Dennis Wise, do you remember Dennis Wise? Yeah. Oh no, no, not a fan. I think it's yeah. a perfect example, Dennis Wise, for me, of a player who can look good when he has good players around him. You know, he'd, he'd, he'd get the ball at uh, at Chelsea. All he'd need to do was win it, break someone's leg, and then lay the ball off to to someone else, and, he, and he'd have multiple options. Where, whereas when he came here, he'd, he'd win the ball, look up, and he'd have nobody to play it to, and uh, and he was yeah. pretty poor. So he decided to um, take it out on his teammates off the pitch, as we uh, we know all too well. We, we we do indeed. His right hook was almost was almost better than his right foot. Mm. Do you not think though, around that sort of time, I can remember calling out Leicester as almost the retirement home of of English football. 
because we've got like the likes of Dennis Wise, the likes of Martin Keown, there's mm. you know Les Ferdinand, and I'm not, not criticising Les Ferdinand or, or any of the other players in the same way as Dennis Wise, but they were all coming to us past the sell-by date. I think it's uh, it's uh, it's something that a lot of managers will fall back on, won't it? If if your team's not playing well, then you probably think what this team needs is a little bit of experience to to come in and help some of these players. Maybe we uh, we had a few young players at the time, so you looked at Brian try and bring experience in. I think what happens these days is there's a lot more due diligence about the character of people as well. But they know that when they come into a dressing room doesn't matter how good they are on the pitch or how technical um, technically gifted they are if the character's not right it's going to cause more trouble than it's worth and I think so you, you, it's rare these days that you get bad eggs coming into uh, into a dressing room and uh, usually if they are they're bombed out pretty quick as well yeah and like you say no matter how good you are even a Thierry Henry would struggle to play in a, in a Leicester team that was at the bottom of the championship on a Tuesday night away at Grimsby. <laughs> you, you, you have to take that. Coming to the end now, and this is the point where we have a bit of fun. Uh, well, hopefully we've had a bit of fun for the last hour or so. And it is the score predictions. Don't ask me why Chelsea's mascot is a lion. It's Stamford the lion. But a bit of the Lion King mm. being offered up to the, uh, the ferocious fox there. Now, I don't really have to ask you, do I really? I mean, I think we pretty much know what you're going to go for here. Well, I, I, I don't know where you're getting that from. I mean, I, the, I did go 3-1 quite a lot earlier in the season. I think it was, I think it was every but game. Thing, I think it was every game. The team deliberately uh, decided to not win 3-1. Um, so I think I think for Southampton I went two one and obviously I got that wrong as well. Um, so now I, I I just have to stick with uh, with my new favourite. So I'm going to go two one again. I've written two one down here. <laughs> Guess what you were going to go for? And I've gone two one there. Now just be aware uh, of the double bluff. <laughs> Steve Walsh went 2 1, so you're in good company. Uh, Steve Linux has gone 1 0. Uh, Ian Marshall's gone 2 2. And despite everything I said, I'm actually going 1 1 because just because it's Chelsea and we, we, we got the two draws last season, and they, they seem to kind of have that. Sort of Damocles hanging over us effect. So, uh, I'm going to one one. Yeah, as I said earlier, it's just that thing, isn't it? You almost can't bring yourself to to say we're going to beat Chelsea. Um, so you just err on the side of caution. I did, but I, I did, I did go for wins more more recently. I can't, I can never go for a loss, but um, obviously, I hope you're right and I'm wrong on on this occasion. On this occasion, we're just going to say a very quick hello to Warren Knight. Hi, Chris. Are you live now? I hope I am. I don't know. Let me hang on. I think, yep, yeah, I think we are. I don't know about Craig, though. I think he may be He may be a puppet. But <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a puppet, if you remember that. Yeah, I mean, that's why you can't see uh, any more than uh, anything going on below chest height. 
<laughs> I tell you what, mate. At least you've got something going on below chest height. <laughs> some of us, some of us wish we still had. I'll tell you. <laughs> Those uh, are the too days. much information. <laughs> anyway, Warren, good evening. Thank you for joining us just as we're Hi, about Warren. to go. Um, but uh, you can catch us on Catch Up, so uh, uh, please do. Uh, in Adelaide, South Australia, go the Mighty Foxes. So I'm guessing 8 o'clock here. It's going to be something like 8, 9 in the morning over there, uh, Tuesday morning. Um, are you going to stop up and watch the match, Warren? Let us know if you are and uh, and join us, join us for that. Hey. Craig, it's been great as always, mate. Nice to have banter with you. My, my pleasure. My pleasure, Chris. Thanks, and uh, thanks, everyone, for watching. When We're up again, hopefully. I don't know if you're free on Friday for the pre-Brentford preview. Yeah, I should be uh, I should be okay for that, and uh, just beware of uh, my little tricky questions, Chris, on that one. <laughs> I'll say now, whatever it is about Brentford, I won't know. Not that I know an awful lot about about Leicester, let's be honest with you. <laughs> Craig, thank you very much, sir. You take care, stay safe, and um, I'll you see too. you on Friday. Cheers. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, everyone. Cheers now. So thanks a lot to Craig, as always, there. Um, I wouldn't be the same without him. He knows his stuff, and it is a pleasure and an honour to always have uh, have him on the show here. Um, quickly, just a quick comment here uh, from Warren. have to listen to it on the radio. Unfortunately, we don't get it down here, Warren. Do you not get the uh, – I thought you might have got it free over there in Australia. Maybe it's just regions. I don't know. But uh, whichever way you tune in, uh, tune in and, uh, and and give the boys some support. Guys, thank you very much. I am going to be back uh, tomorrow at 7.45 with Josh and the pre-match show. Um, in fact, Warren, if you want to, I believe Josh is going to be doing a watch-along and he's going to try it out and see. And if it goes well, we might bring it up to this channel. But he's going to do a watch-along uh, for the match. And then after that, 10.40-ish uh, with Brad, another one, get your cocoa and your uh, sleeping hats on, 10.40 tomorrow night for the post-match show. Then on Wednesday at 7 o'clock, it's the transfer show with Mark. Hopefully might have something to talk about, but not uh, nothing's happening in the transfer market at the moment. And then like we say, on Friday at 7 o'clock, in advance of the FA Cup at the weekend, it's the preview show for Brentford with Craig again. So, like I say, thanks a lot for joining us, Craig, and thank you to everybody else that's joined in. Won't be the same without you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow night. Here's, here's to Leicester win, and stay safe, guys. Good night now. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye, and see you next time.
Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.